Hi ladies, thanks again for learning with me this week. Uh, this week is Parshas Yisro. We're still in Sefer Shmos in chapters 18 through 20. So this week's Parsha opens with a scene where Yisro, who's actually Moshe's father-in-law, comes to meet him and the rest of the Jews out in the middle of the desert. So Yisro brings with him Tzipora, who's Moshe's wife, and Gershom and Eliezer, who are Moshe's two sons. And when they arrive at the camp, Moshe greets them. He tells them about all of the miracles that had happened since leaving Egypt. So the plagues, the splitting of the sea, the man, etc. And upon hearing this, Yisro brings thanksgiving sacrifices to Hashem. The next day, the Parsha describes, uh, Pasuk says, Vayehi memacharas, vayeshev Moshe lishpot es ha'am. That it was the next day and Moshe sat, judging the people. Moshe stood before the people all morning until the evening. Yisro notices this and he asks Moshe, why are you doing this all by yourself? He says, this will never work. You can't handle this much work. He says to Moshe, he suggests that we install a system called Nisim. So there should be an officer, a Nasi, over each 1,000, 100, 50, and 10 Jews. Um, we can think about this today kind of like an appellate court system where there's a hierarchy of who, who questions are asked to. And the most complicated ones, only those reach the top. This is the legal system that endures throughout our time in the desert. So up to here is the first part of the Parsha. I'll, I'll mention that there's a concept in learning Torah that's called Ein Mudamu Meochar Torah, which literally means there's not a before and after in the Torah. Because our, our Mepharshim tell us, it's a reminder, Torah is not a history book. The point of the Torah is not to say this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. It's a guide for how to live. So although the Torah follows a general narrative timeline, it doesn't mean that every single thing that happens is placed sequentially within the text where it happened in time. And when, when you read this first part of the Parsha, that makes sense. How could Moshe possibly be sitting around answering halachic questions all day if the giving of the Torah hasn't happened yet? Uh, so as with many <laughs> disagreements, there's not a universal consensus on when exactly this happened. But I wanted to mention that just because it's placed here in the text doesn't necessarily mean for sure that this happened before the giving of the Torah. So the next part of the Parsha is when... Bnei Yisrael, they move from Rafidim, which is where last week the, the battle with Amalek happened. They move into the Sinai Desert and they arrive near the mountain. So Moshe is called up to the mountain. Hashem tells us, we'll be giving you more commandments. And this is where Hashem gives Moshe the famous command, You'll be for me a holy nation and a nation of priests. Um, when Moshe comes down, he summons all the elders together and they agree. And the Pasuk, they say, Everything that you have told us, Moshe, we will do. Moshe goes back up, Moshe goes back up the mountain, tells Hashem this, and um, Hashem tells Moshe that he's coming to speak to all of the people. I'll appear to them in a thick cloud, but before I do, the people have to prepare themselves, purify themselves, because they're going to have very direct contact with me. After three days have passed, the Parsha says, Yehi biyom hashlishi b'chayos haboker. It was on the third day at dawn. Vayehi kolos uvrakim v'anan kaved alahar. There was thunder. There was a there was a dense cloud that fell on top of the mountain. The kol shafar chazak me'od vayecharad kol ha'am asher b'machaneh. 
There was a loud blast of the shofar, and all the people who were in the camp trembled. So at this point, they take this as their cue. They move towards the base of the mountain, and Hashem gives over the Ten Commandments. Um, I'll note that the Ten Commandments are divided. The first half are mitzvahs between man and God. So mitzvahs like not to have idols, not to swear falsely by God's name. The second half are commandments that are between man and man. For example, don't murder, don't steal, don't bear false witness. Um, The people at this point tell Moshe the direct presence of Hashem is too much, it's too powerful, and we need you to be sort of a go-between between us and Hashem so that we're not talking directly to him constantly. And um, that is, that's, those are the major points in the Parsha. So now we'll move into the Haftorah. Again, I'm going to do a little bit of situating this in history. So the Haftorah this week is from Yeshayahu, Parak Vav, chapter 6. And there's two extra pasukim at the end that are from chapter 9. So Yeshayahu is prophesizing in a time, this is after time of the Shoftim that we talked about last week. This is after the time of King David, after the time of King Solomon, where the Jewish people are split into two kingdoms. There's Yehuda in the south, and there's Israel in the north. Yeshayahu lives in the land of Yehuda, so he lives in the south during the reign of a king named Uziahu. And if you're familiar with other Nevi'im, he's a contemporary of the prophets Yonah, Hosea, and Amos. They're all in the same time. And the, the theme of these four Nevi'im, their, their prophecies, is that um, if the Jews don't do teshuva for all of the sins that are going on in the land at this time, especially in the north, in both kingdoms, but especially in the north, um, those included idol worship, overindulging in physical luxuries, asking for the assistance of the, nation, the nations that were neighboring um, the kingdoms, instead of trusting that Hashem will take care of them, that if the people don't do teshuva for all of these sins, that some very bad things are going to happen. So throughout Sefer Yeshayahu, we see a discussion of um, him prophesizing the destruction of the first temple, prophesizing the expulsion of the ten tribes, and also some very vivid descriptions of what the messianic era will look like. So this Haftorah is actually another amazing example of the concept that I mentioned earlier, that there's, there's not a necessary chronological order in the Torah because this Haftorah is coming from chapter 6, but a lot of the commentaries tell us that this is actually Yeshayahu's very first prophetic vision. And content-wise, as we'll see, this makes a lot of sense. So in his very first vision, Yeshayahu is taken up to Shemayim, up to heaven, and he sees the heavenly court. The first Pesukim of the Haftorah, they describe what the angels look like, that they each have six wings, and it paints this very beautiful scene of the angels praising Hashem to one another. And they use the line that we actually say every day in our own davening, which is, Kadosh, 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 Hashem Tzabakos Malo Kol Haaretz Kibodo. Holy, holy, holy is Hashem, the God of legions, and the whole land is filled with his, his glory. Um, Yeshayahu sees this and he says, almost wistfully, the Pasik says, The, the line means, um, woe for me, I'm lost, I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live amongst the people of unclean lips. And he assumes that for this reason, because he comes from a very sort of corrupt 
sinning society that he's not necessarily worthy of being appointed as a Navi. The whole time, who, if you've learned the laws of proper speech, um, he actually says that this is a sin on Yeshayahu's part, that even though what Yeshayahu just said about the society that he comes from is true, it's a negative thing to say about the Jews. And for that, um, he needs to do tshuva. So next in the Haftorah, one of the Seraphim come to him, one of the angels comes to him and holds a hot coal up to the, the prophet's lips. And he says that this is the atonement for your sin. Um, so afterwards, once Yeshayahu was done tshuva, he's appointed by Hashem as a prophet, as a Navi, and he begins to receive his first visions about the exile of the ten tribes and the destruction of the first temple. So that's a summary of the Haftorah. And I want to next talk about some of the, the thematic elements and what we, what we can learn from it. So if we think about it thematically, the, the Parsha and the Haftorah this week are pretty similar. Um, B'nai Yisrael are standing in front of Hashem. They get their tasks to follow his commandments. And similarly, Yeshayahu is appointed for his mission of prophesizing to the Jewish people. But I want to focus specifically not necessarily on the giving of the Torah, not necessarily what Yeshayahu's visions were, but what both groups and individuals had to do in order to prepare themselves to, to receive revelation from Hashem. So Hashem tells Moshe in the Parsha, in chapter 19, Pasuk 10, he uses, it, it uses the words, Vayomer Hashem al Moshe, lech ala'am v'kidashtem hayom umachar v'kisbu simlosam. It says, Hashem said to Moshe, go to the people and they should make themselves holy for me today and tomorrow. They should wash their clothes. So we see here that Hashem is demanding a certain type of kavod, a certain respect for himself from the Bnei Yisrael. Um, these are very small, normal humans, just like us, that are about to be in the direct presence of God, the direct presence of the creator of the universe, the one that took them out of Egypt, etc. And Hashem's making the point that there's a certain way it is and isn't appropriate to appear in front of me if we're going to be in contact with one another. We see the same type of um, attitude in the Navi. There's a line in Yeshayahu in the in the Haftorah that says, um, he caused it to touch my mouth. Yeshayahu was saying that the the angel brought the, the coal to my mouth. And he said to me, because this has touched your lips, your transgression will be removed and your sin is atoned for. So similarly here, we see Yeshayahu has to go through a certain process of atonement before he can appear in, in Hashem's very direct presence. So what's true in the Parsha for Bnei Yisrael and what's true in the Haftorah for Yeshayahu are also true for us every single day. We don't have as direct contact with Hashem as the Navi and as the Bnei Yisrael did but we're still in the presence of Hashem every single day, all day long. So it's up to us, we have to think, if we're constantly standing before the creator of the universe, the one who does countless acts of kindness for us and for our ancestors, our life force that sustains us every second, we have to show him the proper respect. So how do we do that? And at first, this can seem like a very overwhelming task, but like any process of spiritual growth, it can start with very small baby steps. 
we can start by paying close attention in the times that in our own way we're literally standing before Hashem. So what does that sound like? Davening. We can be mindful of questions like, how do I dress when I daven at home? Am I dressed in my clothes that I'm going to go to work or go to school in? Or am I in my pajamas? Do I talk when I'm at shul? Do I talk during Torah reading? Am I present at these times? Have I learned all of the laws of tefillah? Am I fulfilling this mitzvah in the most timely and the best way that I can? And then maybe once we've done that, we can think about the other places where it can apply in our lives, even in places where the presence of Hashem isn't so obvious. So like Yeshayahu, maybe we can ask ourselves, is my speech befitting of a Torah Jew? Um, Like in the Parsha, we can ask ourselves, am I mindful of how Hashem expects me to behave in my everyday interactions and in my interactions with my rabbis, my teachers, etc.? Do I do mitzvahs the same way when I'm alone as I do them when someone else is watching me? And we can use these as a bit of a springboard to start brainstorming in more ways. We can just be mindful that constantly we're standing in front of the creator of the universe, even at times when it doesn't seem like it. So, Bezrat Hashem, Hashem should show us, um, He should illuminate for us each, the ways that we can give Him more kavod, the ways that we can give Him more respect. And that way, just like Yeshayahu, just like the Bnei Yisrael, we can be more receptive to His plans and his expectations and his missions for each of our lives. So I hope this gave you all something good to think about over Shabbos. And um, again, feel free to be in touch afterwards. Let me know what you thought. And I can't wait to learn with you again next week. Have a wonderful Shabbos, everybody.